Kings, it's great to be with you. Um, if you're not from Kings, if you live in the greater KC area or maybe you're in California or Texas, whoever you are, we're glad that you're with us. Um, I'm going to talk today from the topic of getting an ear to hear God, getting an ear to hear God. Um, prayer isn't just a monologue, but it's a dialogue. Prayer is not a time where we just sit down, leave God a voicemail, hang up, go handle our business and hope he makes our dreams come true. But hey, prayer is also a time where we sit down with God and listen and hear what he has to say to us. So I want to talk about an ear to hear God. Because sooner or later, you're going to have to slow down. Sooner or later, you're going to have to stop. Sooner or later, you're going to sit down so God can speak. Neither you'll sit down willingly or God will sit you down. And some of you right now might be in a time where you've been sat down. Maybe you've been out of work a little bit longer. Maybe you're at home a little bit longer. Maybe you're sick. Whatever it may be, you might be at a time where you've just sat down. And in this time, I want, I want you, my heart for you is to be, is to develop and to grow an ear to hear God. So I'm going to read this passage from Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 9. It says this, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill it and eat it. And Peter said, definitely not, God. I've not eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice spoke back to Peter a second time saying, what I've called clean, don't call unclean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was, that's Peter, and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon or Peter, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, Three men are looking for you. Before we talk about an ear to hear God, I want to take a peek into this interaction that we just um, looked into and notice God's conversation tendencies. Specifically, I want you to see that God is a conversation starter. God is the kind of God who will reach out. Uh, first, look at God reach out to Peter. It says that Peter, he was up on the rooftop to pray. And while he was praying, his stomach started to pray, too. That lets you know that Peter's kind of like us. He's a normal human. He prays and gets hungry. And so it says as his stomach um, starts to pray, as his stomach growls, as he gets hungry, it says he fell. That's passive. He fell into a trance. Then it said Peter saw. That's passive on Peter's part again. Peter saw a vision. Then it said Peter heard a voice. Peter heard a voice that said, rise, get up and kill it. And then Peter, Peter um, heard a voice that said, go outside. Throughout this whole conversation, everything was passive on Peter's part. God reached out to Peter. Yeah, yeah, God's the type of God to text you first. God's the type of God to hit up your phone first. God's the type of God to reach out to you. We see all through scripture, God reaching out to people. In Genesis, we see God reaching out to Adam and Eve as they're sitting in the shame of their sin, and he'll do the same for you. In um, Genesis, we see God reach out to a woman named Hagar at her lowest and loneliest moment, and he'll do the same to you. Um, later on in the Bible, we see God reach out to Moses while he's on a mountain minding his own business, and God will do the same thing to you. God is the kind of God 
who reaches out. And then look at God reach out with a word and a picture. God reaches out with a picture and a word. So Peter's having this, Peter's chilling on the rooftop and it says he saw a vision. That that's a picture that he saw. And then it said, God said to him with words, get up and eat. God communicated to Peter with a picture and God communicated to Peter with a word. God impresses pictures on our minds. It's kind of like this. Um, some of us grew up in a time in school where our teacher had that rubber stamp and we'd give our teacher that homework and that rubber stamp would have like fail engraved on it. Or some of us had a teacher who had a rubber stamp that had a smiley face engraved on it. My teachers were kind of cruel, so they had rubber stamps that said fail with a smiley face on it. And so this rubber stamp has this picture or this word engraved on it, and you cover it in ink, and you press it down on a piece of paper, and that picture or word that wasn't presently on that piece of paper is transferred onto that piece of paper, and it's stuck. God does the same when he speaks to us with words and pictures. God takes a picture or God takes a word that wasn't presently on your mind and he presses it on your mind. He transfers it on your mind. He stamps it on your mind. God communicates with words and pictures by impressing them on us. So I'll speak from um, personal experience and you tell me if it's ever happened to you. Um, maybe about two or three years ago as I just began to help lead this church I'm a part of, I was um, at home in my loft and I was strategizing. And I was plotting and I was scheming of the best way to lead this church. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm thinking, Jerron, you know what? You're pretty smooth. You got it. And then immediately God impressed this picture on my mind of me in my office, on my knees, in prayer, desperate, absolutely, absolutely helpless and hopeless, saying, God, if, this, if you don't work, none of this is going to work. That wasn't my idea. My mind was somewhere else, and then I found myself staring at myself on my knees. And I know I'm just like you. When stuff like that happens, I ask myself, maybe that was just my own thoughts. Maybe that was just my own imagination. But here's the thing. I know you. I know me. I know humans. And I know that when we follow our own train of thought, never will it end in a godly place. But I know God. And I know if there's a godly word or picture that fills your mind, if there's a godly word or picture that's painted on your heart, God put it there. God speaks to us through word and picture. And really quick, last thing from this interaction we see, look, look at God reach out to do something in Peter so that he could reach out and do something through Peter. When you, when you take a microscopic look at, look at this conversation, you see God reach out and speak to Peter because he wanted to do something in Peter. Peter was a Hebrew man, and Hebrews had a strict diet. And this diet um, that the Hebrew people had represented their social boundaries. So there are foods that Peter didn't eat that represented the people that Peter didn't eat with. So on this blanket that Peter saw, you had reptiles, so you had, uh, you had crocodile, and you had all kinds of fish, so you had catfish. And Peter didn't eat catfish. Peter didn't eat crocodile, but more so that was representative of Peter not hanging out with the people who ate it and who served those things. So when Peter said, God, I've never eaten that stuff, that's just like Peter saying, God, I've never sat down at the same table, and I've never hung out with those people. 
And God looks at Peter and he says, if I've called it clean or if I've made it okay, don't you make it wrong. God spoke to Peter because he wanted to change how Peter felt about the people those foods represented. God spoke to Peter to change Peter's settings. I got an iPhone and some of you, a lot of you probably have an iPhone and there are times where my iPhone, the settings aren't how I want them to be. So I'll just get it and I'll say, hey Siri, turn the brightness up and the brightness will turn up. Or I'll say, hey Siri, turn the volume down and the volume will turn down. I'll say, hey, Siri, go to sleep, and she'll go to sleep. I'll speak to Siri to change her settings. God wants to speak to you to change your settings. God spoke to Peter to change his settings. Peter was set on not hanging out with a certain kind of people, and God spoke to change his settings to hanging out to a certain kind of people. God wants to speak to you to get you set on trusting him. God wants to speak to you to get you set on obedience. God wants to speak to you to get you set on hanging out and embracing people who aren't like you. God speaks to do something in you. But then back up from the whole story and you see that God spoke to do something through Peter. We read Acts chapter, nine, Acts chapter 10 verses 9 to 19. In Acts chapter 10 verse 1 to 8, God started working on this dude named Cornelius. And Cornelius was an Italian man. And at the time, Cornelius didn't know Jesus and a whole lot of Italian people didn't know Jesus. So God wanted to get Cornelius to know Jesus. So God starts working on Cornelius and says, Cornelius, go send your homeboys to go find Peter. Cornelius sends his bros to go to Peter's crib. And as they're on their way to Peter's crib, God speaks to Peter and he says, Peter, go outside. Somebody's outside. Peter meets these dudes outside. and He's like, yo, this is crazy. And so they go all the way to Cornelius's house. Peter gets into Cornelius's house, sees that it's not just one Italian, but it's a whole house full of Italians. Peter preaches to all these Italians and Luke in the gospel in the um, book of Acts says that the Holy Spirit falls on all of them. Peter, being mind blown, goes back to his crib with his homeboys and he's like, yo, the Holy Spirit just fell on all of them. So all of the people who were Christian at the time, who were part of the church at the time, had this long discussion and they decided and they concluded that if God has gotten a hold of them, then I guess that means we've got to recognize Republicans. I mean, we've got to recognize Democrats. I mean, we've got to recognize people who are different skin colors than us as God's people too. Yet, yet God spoke to Peter because he wanted to do something in Peter. God spoke to Peter because he wanted Peter to be a part of his team and go for his goals. And God speaks to you because he wants you to be a part of his team and go to his goal, go for his goals. God's got goals for everyone around you to know Jesus. And he wants you to be a part of that team. God's got goals to take care of the poor and those who can't care for themselves. And he wants you to be a part of that too. God's got goals for the, for the body of Christ, the church to be beautiful and bigger and better and on mission. And he wants you to be a part of that. And he speaks to you to make that happen. God speaks to Peter to do something in Peter and God speaks to Peter to do something through Peter. I'm so glad that our God speaks. He's not distant. He's not far off. He's not silent. He's not, he doesn't have his back turned to us, but our God is the type of God to talk first. I'm so glad about that. Aren't you glad about that too? So, so, so God is the kind of God who reaches out, which means to develop an ear to hear God is not getting 10 tips and 10 tricks to get God to talk to you first. God will talk to you first. So I don't want to give you some, some tips to coerce God to talk to you. What I want to do really quick is give you three practices to help you grow and develop 
an ear to hear God when he does speak to you. So here's three things really quick. Number one, get an ear to hear God by reading what he already wrote. Get an ear to hear God by reading what he already wrote. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says all scripture from Genesis to Revelation, all scripture is God breathed, which means all scripture came straight from the mind and the mouth of God. Read your Bible. And here's the thing. When you listen to what God already wrote, you'll recognize what God says. When you listen to what he wrote, it'll help you recognize what he said. So I'm not as Christian as some of you. Um, so in this whole quarantine period, I've been watching a lot of Netflix and Hulu. And one of my favorite shows to watch, honestly, since I've been in high school, is Catfish. If you don't know what Catfish is, Catfish is a show where one person is in, is in an online distance relationship with another person. And that person calls the show and the show coordinates a meetup so they can meet in person. So I'm watching this episode the other day where this dude named Spencer is in this relationship with, he thinks, Katy Perry for six years. Spencer's in this online relationship with Katy Perry. And for six years, Spencer's reading Katy's emails. Spencer's reading Katy's text. Peter, uh, Spencer's reading Katy's messages. And finally, Spencer reaches out to the show and he says, hey, I need y'all to help me meet Katie. So the show comes, they fly Spencer from Tennessee where he lives to England where Katie lives. They find who they think is Katie. They coordinate them. They get them to meet up in this garden. Five minutes into that conversation, Spencer says, that ain't Katie. And he walks off. And then he says to the host, I know Katie. I've been reading Katie's messages for six years now. That girl that was out there talking to me, she sounds different. That girl out there that was talking to me, she has a different character. She has a different tone. Because Spencer was reading Katie's words for six years, he was able to recognize that the voice he was hearing wasn't hers. The voice didn't match the words. And that's what will happen when you read your Bible. If, as you continuously and constantly read your Bible, you'll hear voices. Newsflash. God ain't the only one talking to you. Some of you talk to yourself. Honestly, some of you still hear your mom in the back of your mind. Let's be accurate with the Bible. There are spiritual forces against you that are talking to you. So you'll hear all kinds of voices. But if you spend your time reading God's word, you'll be able to say, that's not God. That's not God. That's not God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read what God wrote and it'll help you recognize what he said. So, so first thing, get an ear to hear God by reading what he wrote. Second, get an ear to hear God by listening. It sounds simple, but we don't do it a lot. Get an ear to hear God by listening. The book of Ecclesiastes in verse five, chapter, in chapter five, verse one says this. It says, it's better to approach God to listen. That Hebrew word listen, it's more than just letting words fall in, come into your um, ears. That Hebrew word for listen, it takes the whole body. It takes the whole human. That word listen is like playing Simon Says. So, so let's do it really quick right here on the camera. You ready? All right. Simon Says, raise your right hand. Simon Says, clap your hand. Simon Says, go to Cash App and send $20 to at Jerron Scott 10. Blink your eyes. 
you lost. Do you notice what you did there when we were playing Simon Says? You made up in your mind beforehand that you, oh, wait, wait, let me start though. You, you, you decided in your heart beforehand that you were going to use your head to comprehend what Simon said so that you could use your body to do what Simon said. That, that is the Hebrew concept of listening. It's deciding in your heart that you're going to understand with your mind so you can use your hands. It's using the whole self. The writer in Ecclesiastes says, listen. Your time of prayer should be you making up in your mind, making up in your heart beforehand. I am going to do what I got to do to understand God with my mind. And I'm I've already decided that I'm going to use my body to obey. And when you listen, that'll shift your whole prayer time. Listening shifts prayer from a time that you get God to do your thing to a time where God gets you to do his thing. Listening shifts prayer from you getting God to change your wife to God getting you to apologize to her for going off on her. Listening will shift prayer from you getting God to give you things you might not need to God getting you to give to people in need. Listening shifts prayer and listening will shift what prayer sounds like. Yeah, when you play Simon Says, you're silent before Simon says it because you don't want to miss it. Listen and have your prayer time sounding like this. I wonder if we don't hear God, not because he doesn't speak, but because we're not listening. Yeah, yeah, the voice is already going on the airwaves. We could just got to listen and tune in. So second, hear, get near to hear God by listening. And last, get near to hear God by, by listening with others. There's this story in the book of Acts where a group of Christians are in Turkey. It's at least five of them in the same room. And it says they were worshiping and they were fasting and they were praying. And God said to them, set apart Paul and Barnabas for my mission. Yeah, yeah. God talks to the team because God's mission is a team sport. God's mission is basketball, not boxing. Boxing is an individual sport where an individual spends all of their time working for an individual goal. And even if all of the individuals have the same coach, it's still about the individual going for their individual goal. So the coach only talks to the individual about their individual goal. God's mission is not boxing. God's mission is basketball. In basketball, you'll have five to 15 people all going for the same goal. So the coach talks to the team about the team's goal. And even if the coach talks to the individual, he's talking to the individual about their part in the goal of the whole. Yeah, yeah, God talks to the team, so listen with the team because the team hears God. And hear me, the team hears God better than the individual does. When you're just praying alone, you could hear a whole lot of stuff. But when you've got other people praying with you, you can have some homeboys and some homegirls that'll be like, that wasn't God, that was your own idea. Yeah, yeah, listen with the whole team. So if you, if you read what God already wrote, if you listen if you listen with the whole team, over time, you will develop an ear to hear God when he finally does speak. And I just want to send you off on one good on some on a bit of good news. I want to give you a bit more direction because because God doesn't just speak. No, no. God shouts. If you want to hear God, go to Jesus because God shouts through his son. God shouts through his son. 
In the book of Hebrews, the preacher who, who preached that sermon said, in, in the former times, God spoke in many times, in many ways, but now, but today, God speaks through Jesus. He's saying Jesus is the apex of God's communication. John, Jesus' cousin and best friend in the Gospel of John, in John um, chapter 1, wrote, Jesus was the word, the logos, the message of God. All of those together say, uh, communicate one resounding thing, that God communicates to humans through Jesus. God sent Jesus to speak to us. God speaks through Jesus' life. Through Jesus' life, God says, this is who I am and this is how I want you to be. Jesus' whole life, everything he said, everything he did communicated the character of God. Everything he taught communicated the will of God for us. If you want to hear God say, this is who I am and this is who I want you to be, go to the Gospels and just meditate on the life of Jesus. God speaks through Jesus' life. And then God speaks through Jesus' death. Through Jesus' death, God says, I love you and I want to be in relationship with you. Jesus died so that we could be forgiven for our sin. What's that mean? It means if you're a human, if you've got a heartbeat, you've done something, you've said something, you've thought something that's been an offense towards God and that offense towards God is called sin. And that sin breaks off your relationship with God. And here we stand over here, there God is over there. We're guilty of offending God and the only, and we're obligated, we're, we, we owe God death. Then God sends Jesus because he loves us. God sends Jesus to die for us, to die the debt that we owed, to die the debt that we were obligated because he loved us. Jesus rose three days later and says, if you believe in me, my death will be counted as your death. The father will forgive you. You can live life with him forever. The spirit will sit inside of you, re remake you, and you might die, but that death is only a nap. You'll wake up one day forever with God and Jesus and all of God's people to enjoy perfection. God speaks through the death of Jesus. You want to hear God go to Jesus. You want to hear God say, this is who I am. You want to hear God say, this is how I want you to be. You want to hear God say, I love you. You want to hear God say, I want to be in relationship with you. Friends, he's shouting at you through Jesus. So go to Jesus. because God shouts through his son. Yeah, yeah, right now we're all in a spot where either we've been sat down or we're being forced to learn that I've got to take the initiative and sit myself down. And my prayer for you is that however that happens, my prayer is that you sit down and you listen to what God said. You, you, you listen, you read what he wrote, you, you go to Jesus, you listen with others, you develop an ear to hear God because he has some stuff he wants to say to you. Can I pray for us? Father, thank you that you're a father who speaks. Thank you for speaking through your word. Thank you for speaking through Christ. Thank you for speaking to the, to the group about the group. Thank you for being a God who reaches out to us in our sin. You reach out to us in our shame. You reach out to us in our confusion and in our loneliness and in our loneliness. Thank you for reaching out to us. We ask that you help us. We love you, God. Amen.